Hello again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. It's episode 291. I'm Michael Citro, your co-host and the founder and managing editor of the Mainland.com SB Nation's website covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city beautiful. Joining me, as always, up in Tallahassee, Florida, David Rowe is with me. Dave, how are you this week? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm probably slightly better than you are today, given the results earlier of our two teams when they met. Um, but uh, you know, I don't want to harp on it. I don't know what you're talking about. My teams didn't play today. You sure? Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I think you must be uh, hallucinating. Okay. Pretty you sure say you're hallucinating. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think we've already established before recording that um, one of us is correct, and it clearly is me. Yeah, okay, I think you might be in denial, but anyway. No, that's uh, in another country. I'm not even in any water at all right now. But I will tell you this, uh, all three teams from the club were in action this past weekend. The Lions in the MLS, in, in MLS, not the MLS, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Then you're saying the Major League Soccer, which is dumb. Uh, so, yes, the MLS side was in action. The MLS Next Pro side was in action. And the NWSL side was also in action. Two of those teams were largely in inaction during their action. <laughs> yeah, uh, We'll get to that later. But let's start with Orlando City going on the road, staying unbeaten on the road. 2-0 victory at the Columbus Crew. That's a place where the Lions have not done that well up there in central Ohio. That was only their second road win in the series. And honestly, it was a comprehensive road victory in that they just kind of hunkered down, let Columbus batten, you know, batter at their at their back line and Everybody kind of did their job. They, they were able to get some spells of possession, hit uh, hit Columbus a couple of times, and just stay compact, stay organized. And another clean sheet, that is eight games and five clean sheets. That is pretty incredible. It was a very enjoyable match to watch, um, especially after you know, Chicago and, and the Chicago Nashville type of, of way that they play to have a much more open match right from the start. Um, even if uh, Orlando didn't have all the possession to begin with, um, it was, it was exciting to watch this match. Uh, it was enjoyable even before there were any goals. So uh, that was something different than we've had recently. Yeah. So the dirty little secret here was that actually it was Orlando playing that style of soccer in this game where they just kind of, and we're just going to, just going to let you have the ball and uh, see what you can do with it. Come, come at us, bro. And uh, Columbus came at them, but couldn't do anything. Now Oscar did make a few changes to starting lineup, put Benji Michelle back in for Pato and put Kyle Smith in for Juan. And that was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the way it happened, and um, you know he got the results. So you can't argue with this. Like before the game, I was thinking maybe I should have predicted a crew win, and then no, no, it uh, it turned out uh, no. Columbus did not win or score, and uh, Columbus I figured after ha- having been shut out their previous two games were due for some goals, but they were not, as it turns out. 
Well, I mean, you figure with Kyle Smith being an accountant and it being close to uh, taxes being due, he was uh, he was going to be on his game. And uh, I found that to be he he had a good match. He he really did. That was enjoyable. Benji was okay. Uh, you know, there weren't many bad performances, uh, regardless. And I, you know, we'll get to our man of the match later. But uh, overall, I thought Orlando City played very well. I agree. I think it was, this was a a solid road game. I I think Kyle Smith played uh, very sturdy defense. Um, his crossing uh, made me miss Juan's crossing, which is um, <laughs> pretty bad, actually. But, yeah, that, uh, that, that, that really says something. I mean, he had I, – I only remember two, but both of them were hit like like he was trying to hit it from one end of the pitch to the other rather than side to side across the width of the pitch. And, it, it you know, it, was, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out at all. <laughs> and so the accountant, uh, you know – the crossing is continues to be a problem from the uh, the right back uh, position, but um, yeah, the team went out and um, Columbus was on the front foot pretty early, and you expected that. You expected Columbus to come out trying to um, erase the the bad taste of the last couple of games, and um, and also to score because they hadn't been doing that. And Orlando had to weather that, and they did that, and then they finally kind of came into some opportunities to to get up forward on the counterattack and, and have some spells of possession where they had, you know, caught some Columbus guys up the field and were able to have a little bit more uh, room to operate than maybe they normally would. And uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, you still got to score some goals to win. And Orlando was able to do that on a recycled ball in from a set piece, not a set piece goal this week, but a recycled ball in that uh, found its way to, a crashing Junior Urso as a late runner into the box. It hit off him, bounced right to Rodrigo Schlegel, and Rodri steered it into the net like an old uh, pro and uh, picks up the garbage goal, gets the ugly goal, and that's uh, that's his first professional goal. I think the lesson is is that uh, Rodrigo Schlegel can play any position uh, and in any sport, I'm assuming, not just soccer, but, uh, you know, Goalkeeper makes a save on a penalty. Up at striker, you know, puts a header in, no problem. It's 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 all old hat for him. Yeah, so Schlegel, the man of the moment in the 37th minute, makes it one nil, and uh, that's the halftime score. Nobody uh, nobody else was able to score. Columbus didn't get a shot on target in the first half. It was um, there were a few half decent chances that they didn't hit the you know, didn't hit the target on and a couple, they might maybe should have done better on. And then just a few real kind of scary scrambles in the boxes in the box that Orlando was able to clear. So um, just good team defending. And when there were problematic moments, uh, everything sort of worked out for Orlando. They, they stayed organized. Now Kyle Smith came in from the backside one on one of those and cleared it. Um, and there was a, there was a very dangerous cross attempt that got knocked out for a corner and, and just really not much there for the crew. Uh, although it was pretty evident early on that Lucas Zellerion was going to become very well acquainted with the lower.com stadium turf and make sure that uh, the referee drew Fisher saw him on the turf. 
mm-hmm. and uh, was drawing some free kicks. And of course, those can always be dangerous with a player of his caliber. But uh, they weren't able to do much with them. Go to the second half, and Orlando Dave scored the just the perfect goal, the, the type of goal that we've been waiting for all season. That that has been so close to being pulled off, but it hadn't been pulled off. And this was just, I mean, the MLS website called it Tiki Taka. It's kind of hard to argue with that description. I mean, it was just a lot of nice little one-touch passes up and around the box. It started off with um, unleashing Benji down the left side. Benji did the Benji thing. Since he's not left-footed, he curls back to the right. I mean, he's every bit as uh, predictable as, as Sylvester van der Water on the other side. It's like, yeah, yeah you're not going to get a, a weaker foot cross from this guy. He's going to cut back. Uh, and then he, he found uh, Pereira at the top of the box. It made its way to I think three other guys before it ended up with uh, with Urso or Torres laying to Urso, Urso finding Pereira, Pereira finding Torres, Torres to Cara, Cara back. Uh, it, it just was amazing. And then Cara gets a return pass from Torres at the end of it, and the defender's still in pretty decent position on him, but he just makes this quick turn, gets the shot off so quickly that. Uh, they can't block it, and he just smashes it into the upper right corner, and it's 2-0, and all of a sudden it's like, what? A a crooked number on the scoreboard for Orlando? Yeah, uh, so what Cara's goal, or I should say the move to score the goal, reminded me of was uh, you know, Jordan just with his back to, to a defender, turning and firing and you know just downing the shot it was it was very reminiscent of that for me it was uh it was an amazing goal i mean the the build up to it was great it was a wonderful team goal and car just absolutely you know destroyed it when he you know he comes around puts it bottom right corner um you know it was one of the better goals this season for orlando yeah, it was uh, not uh, not going to be the last time you watch that one. That that one's going to be no. one that you go back to and, and check out the video over and over. It was just it, my only problem with the video is I've seen one that encapsulates all the passes. It just kind of starts with Urso and um, kind of goes from there. But there were a lot of players involved in that buildup, a lot of passes and a lot of short, quick passes, and that's. That's what's been missing with the team this year. It's been everything's been kind of like, oh, okay, I've got the ball now. Let me look around. Who do I have? And it's this one wasn't like that. This goal was like, I know where this guy is. I know where this guy is. Now I know where I'm going. Everybody knew where they were going. That's the kind of chemistry we've been waiting for. And if that's if this is the first sign of this chemistry starting to work, then we might see a pretty good offensive team the rest of the way, or, you know, there, there'll probably be some bumps in the road, but uh, it would be nice to see this team finishing chances and, and being able to create like that, because that was a, it was a thing of beauty, and they've been so close to pulling it off so many times, including in the two home games that they lost. They played so well, except for the last ball, and uh, and in some cases, uh, like the Cincinnati game, just had some some good goalkeeping uh, that, that denied them a couple of times. They've of course, uh, probably should have a lot more goals on the year, but uh, it's a good sign to see him going in. It's a good sign to see Torres and Cara working well together. Torres ends up with two assists in this game. And, um, you know, 
crew tried putting that Jossie's art as uh, magic on the field. Tried to get a, something to hit him in the face and go in, but didn't happen. Pedro Galese made three saves in the second half. Only one of them was difficult. That was a, a shot from distance by Zellerion that kind of took a little bit of a deflection. And also, I don't think he picked up the shot at first because it came from a weird position on the field and through a lot of traffic. So by the time Galese saw it, it had already sort of moved the other direction anyway. And then he st- stuck out a, a strong fist, left fist, and uh, knocked it out for a corner. Um for the really the only difficult uh, save that he had to make all night, which is a testament to the job that that back four did and the defensive midfielders in front. I think another great game from Cesar and Rodrigo was fantastic on both ends mm-hmm. of the pitch in this game. And I'm going to just tell MLS right now, you're a bunch of idiots because You've been denying Antonio Carlos team of the week all year because other defenders have scored goals when he's had these amazing defensive games. Schlegel has an amazing defensive game and scores a goal. Still no Orlando City player gets to be the uh, on the team of the week or defender at least needs to be uh, center back gets to be on the uh, team of the week and that's that's not okay. Right. I mean, we're looking for consistency um, in these things, which <laughs> that's silly on our part. It is consistent. Um, they consistently leave off Orlando City center backs. That's, that's true. That is true. Uh, you know, they, Torres made uh, team of the week, and which is great. But you're right. Um, Schlegel had a heck of a match and scored a goal, which has been one of the primary ways that they have determined what center back is going to be one team of the week, all year until this week. And not only his first goal with Orlando, his first professional goal, and the celebration, you know, um, don't know how many games he's worn it, but he's got the T-shirt on under his jersey with his dad's picture on it. Of course, his dad uh, passed away uh, from COVID during the pandemic. And um, you know, this is a beloved player on the team. Everybody loves Rodrigo Schlegel on this team. And everybody was happy for him. And you could see that in the celebration, the post-goal wake. And, um, you know, very emotional moment. It was great. And it was great to talk to Rodrigo after the game as well and and to get his take on that. And, and, uh, you know, just an emotional moment for that young man. And we're all very happy for him opening his account. Of course, it goes down as a game-winning goal because Columbus didn't score. And, uh, yeah, it leads to another road victory. This team, Dave... 2-0-2 2-0-2 on the road, and really a, a monstrously horrendous refereeing decision uh, cost them a, th- a third win, and uh, just a, a silly mistake by Andres Perea cost them another win. So this team could be sitting on 4-0-0, perfect record after four road games. Yeah, and like you say, with two of those things being dumb, both of them, different dumb things, but both of them being dumb, uh, if you can eliminate, you're never going to eliminate pro, but if you can eliminate uh, the mistakes on, on Orlando's side, then that bodes well going forward. We've always talked about how hard it is to get points on the road in MLS. Um, if you can do that and this team starts coming together, yeah, there's been some disappointments at home, but if they start playing as we glimpsed in this match and they're able to bring that back to Explorer Stadium, whoo boy. Yeah, and arguably, the two losses were the two best 
overall performances that they've had in the season. Right. Um, they they completely dominated Cincinnati, and they made exactly four mistakes against LAFC, and they all ended up in the net. Exactly four things they did wrong, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it's just unfortunate. Of course, that offside goal. Um, it could have changed the game if they had taken the lead on LAFC rather than gone behind. You know, a lot of things could have worked out differently if uh, if Juan hadn't have been the agent of chaos in the bad way. Uh, you know, if Antonio Carlos hadn't gotten hurt. A lot of ifs, but I thought by and large they completely outplayed LAFC in that game. They just made some mistakes. LAFC made them pay for all of them. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but. Like I say, th- those were earlier, and now that Cara and Torres and Pereira pulling those strings and, and getting all that together and, and, you know, the time that they needed, um, you're, you're seeing the results of that. You saw the results of that in this last match. We saw glimpses, but this was where it really came together. And if that, even if they can, if, if they just do it to that level, and I think it'll get better, but even if they just maintain that level, that's going to score goals. I like it. I think they should do it more. Um, it was, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to remember that that goal from Schlegel. Uh, what will stick out to me about this game from Schlegel was, I think it was about a minute and a half beyond the amount of stoppage time that Drew Fisher said he was going to have, uh, that Schlegel made this diving header, this low header, to clear a ball that was uh, crossed into the area. And that, to me, just showed how badly they wanted it, how badly they wanted the the clean sheet, how hard they mm-hmm. were working for it, how focused they they were on the on the night. Um, he said, for all of the possession that the crew had, and for all of their attempts from out, mostly from outside the box and not from terribly dangerous areas, the, the defense never really cracked. They they kept everything to the outside, and that's what I when I say they kind of played that role of the the Chicago, the Nashville, they said, keep the ball outside and see if you can beat what we got in here. And and Columbus yeah. couldn't do that. Like I say, well, I, we'll, <laughs> we'll take that. I mean, yeah. defense, defense wins championships, and if you compare that with, uh, you know, a improving offense for Orlando City, um, I know that they've, you know, given up some goals here and there, but once again, lost Antonio Carlos. They had to adjust. Um, but you know, bringing in Kyle Smith in this one and not really having much of a drop-off, that's good because guys are going to need rest going forward, and if we can rely on Kyle, and we know that he can play on either side, um, if we can rely on him to provide that, that's that's good as we get deeper into the season. Yeah, and playing with the lead enabled um, Oscar to rest Juan and Pato for the entire game. So they're both fresh going into a double match week, which is nice. You like that. Um, anyway, Torres, you mentioned, he's on team of the week. Uh, Schlegel absolutely snubbed to not even make the bench. It is yep. It's unconscionable. It's unacceptable. And it just goes to show you that people don't watch the games or they just don't want to reward Orlando in any way, shape, or form for anything they ever do. It does not have to be, I was going to say, it doesn't have to be either or. It could be both. <laughs> Por que no los dos? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Kara is up for goal of the week, which uh, is is 
not just a testament to his shot, but it's a testament to the entire buildup of the goal, including uh, if you could have an, a secondary assist on your own goal, he would have assisted his own goal. <laughs> <laughs> that was without a doubt uh, of all the goals that are up for goal of the week. That was the best team goal and certainly the, the sexiest looking soccer of, of all the goals that weren't just a, you know, here's a, you know, shot from a, a set piece or something like that. Yeah. So hot right now. So um, hot. Anyway, uh, man of the match time, Dave, uh, there's a lot of great candidates for this. So who tickled your fancy as man? o the match. I'm going to agree with our website and I'm going to go with Rodrigo Schlegel. Um, first goal, you know, not of the season, not just his line, but first professional goal. Uh, he deserves it for that alone. But then you tap onto that, all the good defensive plays he made. He had a complete game, um, and I'm extremely happy for him. Not taking anything away from Carr's goal. It was amazing. Not taking anything away from the buildup and everybody that, like you said, did a good job. But I- I've got to give it to I got to give it to Rodri this week. Yeah, there's a lot of great candidates, and I'm also going to give it to Schlegel because he's, like I said, he he helped maintain that clean sheet at one end, scored the goal on the other end, it got things started, uh, an emotional goal, and uh, you can't really underestimate the impact that that a guy like him scoring has on his teammates. When everybody was happy about that, everybody wanted to make sure that that goal stood up and meant something. So yep. um, it really it really drove the team, I think. And, and I think for that reason alone, man of the match for me, and it was uh, it was really not not too many guys on the field that you could say had a bad game. So um, no, that was that was a excellent team performance. Yeah. So good job. Second win ever at the crew and uh, the uh, Lions bring three points home. And now they will turn their attention to the U.S. Open Cup against the Tampa Bay Rowdies on Wednesday night. That would be tonight when this drops and also Sunday against the Red Bulls at home in the afternoon game, three o'clock. We hope that some folks will show up to these games. Look, I can't make tonight's game as this drops. I wish I could. I can't. But I am going to be at Sunday's game, and that's a long trip for me. I got to get hotels and all kinds of stuff. If I can do that, the people that live in the Orlando area can go to a Wednesday night Open Cup match and support this club. Yeah. I mean, it's if you're a season ticket holder, call your uh, call your rep, get a $10 ticket. Uh, if you're not a season ticket holder, $15 ticket. Cheap to get in. There'll be some uh, specials at the concession stand. And it is a derby match. It is a a couple of organizations. They haven't played each other competitively in a while. But uh, the fans are going to pick right up where they left off. They already have. I've already had to block mm-hmm. some people on Twitter, some Tampa fans. Um, it's going to happen. So th- this will be an emotional game. They're the underdog. They're going to come in and play like their hair is on fire. And, you know, Orlando City is going to have to match that, probably with some rotation in the side. Um, Don't know how many we'll see in terms of of regular starters. We may see Mason Stoudhar in the goal. Um, Maybe even see Adam Grinwis in the goal. We don't know. Um, We might see like a Mikey Halliday, a Thomas Williams in this game. Mm-hmm. So, and then some guys that probably don't play that much, 
um, you know, that many minutes or as many as they used to. So you may see, like, Kyle may move over and take Joao Moutinho's spot on the left side, and you might see Mikey Halliday, um, yeah. knowing that they can bring Juan in if they need him. And, you know, maybe Tesho starts up top, or maybe Pato does, and, and Tesho starts on the wing. I don't know. We're going to have to see exactly how Oscar approaches this game. He's going to try to win. He's going to go out and take this very seriously. He may rotate some players, but the players that he puts on the field, he believes in them, and he believes that mm-hmm. they will go out and do the job. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure you remember, and I hope that our listeners remember the last time that, uh, or maybe not the last time, last time that Engrim was started a Open Cup match in an Exploria Stadium. Good things happened. I believe you mean the running of the wall. I do indeed mean the running of the wall. And for those, I wasn't there. For those of you <laughs> listening that weren't there, I wish I had been there. For those of you that weren't there, how much would you hate yourself if you had the opportunity to go tonight and experience something even half as cool as that? It would be absolutely amazing. And you would, you would be kicking yourself if you didn't do it. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I, I was there and I will tell you this, uh, it was pretty damn amazing. It was amazing watching it on TV. (laughs) I can only imagine how amazing it was at the stadium. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I mean, like we, the, the cool thing about sitting in the press box, we could see the concourse. We could see the people running down the concourse from where we were and, and watch as one end emptied and the other end filled up it was uh it was pretty great um i'm not gonna lie it was uh, it was pretty awesome um but i will say uh that you you did misspeak a little bit because that wasn't the last time that oh, right, was yeah. started in a in a u.s open cup game in explorer stadium he also started the atlanta game which did not go as well <laughs> you're, unfortunately you're so, yeah, but that was the last time that the Lions were in this competition because the last two years with the pandemic, they did not hold it. So the last time this team uh, was in this tournament, they reached the semifinals, uh, and uh, that's not nothing. And Oscar Preha has won this uh, competition before. So uh, he knows how to get it done. He will take this seriously, and he will have the guys ready. We will give our uh, key matchups and score predictions for Tampa Bay a little later in the show. Dave, before we talk about the Pride and OCB, a bit of news that came down the pike today is that Orlando City is going to play a mid-season friendly against Arsenal uh, at home at Exploria Stadium on July 20th. What do you think about this? It's uh, it's part of the, it's not part of the Florida Cup, but it's part of the FC Series. Florida Cup has gone national. Our our little local international tournament that's uh, uh, it's been just a, an amazing tournament here in in central Florida over the years and it's sometimes it's taken place uh, some of the games have taken place in South Florida now it's going national there's going to be games uh, in other parts of the country and part of it is Chelsea's coming over here Arsenal's coming over here Arsenal's going to play Orlando City uh, before playing Chelsea down the street at Camping World Stadium uh, in the Florida Cup proper so uh, on the one hand, it's really cool to play a nas- or an internationally known brand 
club like Arsenal, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And at the other uh, the other side of things is um, mid-season friendlies just make me squeamish. <laughs> yeah, so obviously there's there's good and bad. The the bad um, and uh, knock on whatever pieces of wood and and scare away any black cats or anything that you got going on. Obviously, we don't want anybody injured in an international friendly. Um, you know, the players try not to do that on these types of things. So it's, it's usually, if it happens, it's freakish. Um, the, obviously the other part is, you know, it's an, it's another match. They're having to run around for 90 or however long they're on the pitch. And, and that can, that can wear on you, especially if you're at that point in the season. However, I think the good outweighs the bad, the exposure, the worldwide exposure is good for the club. It's um, good for the Orlando city brand, and, um, you know, we already know that there's Orlando City UK uh, groups out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're friends, you and I are friends with them on Twitter. They do some, some great stuff. And, and if we can get more of those people over there following Orlando City, more followers is better. You add into that, um, it's nice. It's an opportunity for people in Orlando to go check out an EPL team. Doesn't always happen. Um, so an opportunity there. Plus... Makes a little bit of money for the club, I'm sure. Um, you know, anytime they can put butts and seats in and explore your stadium, that's a good thing. So, I'm, like I say, I think the good outweighs the bad on this. Yeah, it's it is uh, it's a good thing overall. Um, obviously, everybody remembers the injury to Kevin Molino in a midseason friendly um, way back in 2015. Uh, that was obviously not ideal, uh, but this is uh, the kind of thing that. You know, because our seasons and their seasons are not the same time, it's going to be a friendly that's always going to take place in one of their seasons. So it's uh, it's always going to be the MLS side that gives on those. And, uh, of course, with the Florida Cup uh, being that time of year, it used to be in January, but they've moved it to, uh, to the middle of the summer. And, um, you know, I thought that it was a very good event last year. And, uh, of course, um, you know, it, I'm sure it'll be a great event again this year, and it, it's a, it's cool to be a part of it. It's cool to to play against a team like this, and maybe it'll make some new fans for Orlando City. I became an Orlando City fan the day in 2011 when Orlando City defeated Newcastle United. There you go. The other thing I thought of was since it's in July, Orlando City may have a big advantage in this match because <laughs> it's July in Florida and I doubt that all of the Arsenal players are used to playing in that type of atmosphere and I mean that in every respect of the word yeah it's true but uh yeah well I mean we'll see you never know what's going to happen when you go out on the pitch uh, anything can anything can happen I would assume that you know with Arsenal playing again a few days later against Chelsea maybe we'll see some of their younger players as well you know, yeah. might, not, might not get, uh, you know, you might get 45 minutes of some of their bigger stars, that kind of thing. But um, uh, it's another opportunity to come to the stadium and watch the team play. And that's always good. And it's, uh, it, of course, it would be super fun, too, if they won, because it would be big news in England. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then, you know, our, our friends over there could, could celebrate that. Unless they're also Arsenal fans, in which case they'd be like, I'm so torn. <laughs> which which I believe one of them is. Yeah. <laughs> Very unfortunate for him. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate for all Arsenal fans, if you're, if we're being honest. Um, 
but yeah, it's it is it does insert that that game sort of into you know the middle of the season. Uh, the, the Lions play July 13th, July 17th at Atlanta, then three days later home against Arsenal, and then three days after that home against Philly. So they're playing some of their, you know, the, the teams they're going to need to beat to to be at the top of the Eastern Conference right around mm-hmm. the time of that. So again, uh, it may not just be Arsenal that's that's playing some uh, some kids in that game. Yeah, or maybe Jack Lynn gets to uh, get out on the on the field in that one. I would not be surprised if Jack Lynn got on the field uh, Wednesday night against Tampa Bay. That's that's a good point. We might we might see him finally in a non OCD match. Maybe. All right, Dave. Let us uh, get to some of the other topics that we have to talk about this week. The Pride OCB, and yes, I do mean have to talk about when it comes to both of those games. But we'll get to that right after this. And we're back, Dave, and the Orlando Pride are off to a miserable start to the NWSL Challenge Cup. They mm-hmm. are they were already mathematically eliminated from competition uh, before the most recent home game against North Carolina. The Courage uh, destroyed them the first time they played in uh, in North Carolina, and so they had to make the return trip to play Orlando in Orlando and uh, things uh, I mean actually the North Carolina game away it was it was a one nothing game but really North Carolina was all over Orlando for much of that game now Orlando did a good job of limiting clear-cut opportunities they, they had some saves in that game they they almost got out of there almost unscathed mm-hmm. uh, but they were pretty clearly not the better side in that game. And they were very clearly not the better side in this game, especially in the first nine minutes. Uh, on Thursday night, the San Diego Wave set an NWSL record by conceding against OL Reign three times in the first 11 minutes of the game. That was an NWSL record for the fastest three goals conceded from the start of a match. Mm-hmm. Orlando said, hold my beer. Not Can't something not something you want them to say for something dubious <laughs> like that. But here, hold my beer. We're going to give up three goals in nine minutes. And the first one's going to be very early. It's going to be an own goal. And uh, things just kind of came apart at the seams for the Pride in the first ten minutes of the game. They're down 3 nothing before some people probably even got their beer and pretzel and made their way to their seats. So they get to their seats and it's like, up. Oh, Time to go. <laughs> yeah, you remember uh, the old like boxing um, uh, video games, and I mean old ones, you know, like Punch Out. And mm-hmm. you know when you when you go up against one of the big guys, and it's he's just pummeling you. That's what the first nine minutes of that match was like. Was you were the little guy and getting just absolutely pummeled by the big bad video uh, game boxer. And man, it was my wife was just like again like she's she can stand in the kitchen she had to get up and walk away she had to go do other things because it was just upsetting her so much well it was upsetting for a lot of people and um you know one thing that wasn't upsetting was that darian jenkins scored her first goal as a member of the pride she she stopped the bleeding in the 15th minute made it 3-1 
Uh, and then the Pride actually pulled it within 3-2 on Jenkins' second goal. So her first yeah. goal and her first brace. And uh, so it's 3-2 two, two in the second half and pretty early in the second half. But then uh, the Pride just couldn't couldn't find the equalizer and uh, the Courage eventually remembered, oh, yeah, we're the Courage. And they scored because uh, they have Dabinia on their team and Dabinia scored in the 89th minute to put it away 4-2. Um it's just a classic, uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Uh, if you take away the first 10 minutes of the game, eh, decent performance, but you sure. can't do that. You can't separate because you have you have no idea how North Carolina would have played if not for that early three-goal lead. And, and maybe they even, sort of like O.L. Reign did against San Diego, maybe sort of took their foot off the gas a little bit at that point. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, I'm going to separate those things anyway, just because <laughs> I'm I'm a podcaster. I can do whatever the heck I want as far as that goes, and, and only to an extent. And am I saying this? Obviously, they lost, and you're right. North Carolina probably would have played differently, but I, I want to take away the positives of uh, Darren, Darren Jenkins getting the brace of the team fighting back. Um, not giving up. I mean, it's easy to give up three down and they didn't do that. And so, you know, good, good on them for, for doing that. Ultimately, you know, the comeback wasn't able to, to happen, but it, it's the North Carolina courage. That comeback was always going to be incredibly difficult. And they still made a match of it for much of the match. I mean, they were only down a goal, like you say, going into the 89th minute. So I'm, I'm going to give it up to them a little bit. Yeah, they, they pulled within a goal in the 56th minute, so they still had an, a half an hour to try to pull level. It just They just weren't able to do it. But it just goes back to this this team is, is lacking firepower, especially with Sidney LaRue injured and Marta injured. I mean, it was already going to be a challenging season anyway, and uh, we don't know the extent of LaRue yet. We know Marta's out for the season. It's... It's not looking great. I mean, we talked about it in the offseason. It's like, okay, you've you've freed up salary. You've gotten rid of uh, these big-name players. You've, you've gotten some allocation money back in exchange for some of them. And now what are you going to do? What are you going to go shopping, right? No, nah, we're going to put the money in the bank. And this is, this is not a team. It, it was already a bad team, and then you took good players off of it. And that doesn't typically make a bad team much better. No, it doesn't. And and we knew that this was going to be a uh, a rebuilding year, a work in progress, a, you know, new coach, lots of new players, all of that. But you definitely feel like they're hamstringing themselves a little bit. And maybe maybe they are trying to get some players and it's not working out. We don't, we don't know. Um I'm hoping that Ian Fleming is trying to you know spend some of that cash that he's got, you know, sitting in his uh Smog's hoard, but uh <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't told us what they're planning to do so we can only ask ian what are you going to do with the money man you can tell us you can tell us yeah we're we're, we're tight yeah. you're a friend you're a friend of the pod absolutely do we have to have him back on i mean we're, we can do that yeah i have a feeling he wouldn't tell us uh on the oh. pod either so I don't know. Anyway, uh, it is a testament to Amanda Cromwell that the team didn't give up and that they fought hard and made a game of it. I, 
I think you can see the way that Amanda wants this team to play. Sometimes they play that way uh, when they're able to. They they look fairly competent. Um, I go back to that that Washington game where they they ended up getting blown out, but it was it was nil nil almost to halftime, and then they scored two goals in two minutes. Uh, and but up until that point, the team was handling everything the Spirit was throwing at them. They even, uh, especially in the first 10 to 15 minutes, they were not having any trouble at all with the with the Spirit's press. So it, they were playing confidently. They were moving the ball quickly. They were doing a lot of good things. And the, the Pride have done a lot of good things. But again, it would be better to have, you know, obviously some of these players are young and they will get better. And they will get, you know, they'll get more experience, they'll get more confidence and that kind of thing. There are some players on this team that still need to be replaced. Um, they just don't seem to be starter level players in this league. I've been watching this league since it, its inception, and you kind of can see if you look around the league what starting material in this league looks like. And it doesn't always look like what Orlando puts out there and has been putting out there for the last couple of years. So there needs to be some turnover, and hopefully that will happen because if you can get more talented players playing the style that Amanda wants wants her team to play and, and, and at times has played, then you can actually start to get results on the field too. Yes, exactly correct. Um, I... I'm approaching this the way that we, you know, we, we said, this is a rebuilding year. I have very low expectations. If we can see glimpses of stuff, which we have, um, it's still disappointing. It still stinks to watch your team lose. And, you know, we can bemoan that and we can call them out for not adding more pieces and not spending the money. And, and we will continue to do so because that is what we will do when they do good things. We'll say it when they're not doing good things. We'll also say that, um, but I, I, since I went into it prepared to, uh, you know, expecting disappointment, I'm not disappointed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, expect the worst and hope for the best, as, as they say. Right. Uh, but they've given up eight goals now in two games, Dave. The good news is there's a do-over coming. Yes. There's a reset button coming. The team will play Gotham on the road on the 23rd. That will be their last game in the Challenge Cup. And then all those records go away. They mean nothing. They they don't. They're not there anymore. You're starting off from scratch. Uh, This is a team that will, at some point, have perhaps a healthy Viviana Viacorta join the midfield. Mm -hmm. You're going to have uh, Michaela Clough is going to learn the game on the you know as she goes. She's going to be learning on the job. Like what I've seen. At times from Darian Jenkins, and uh, when they can keep giving her service, this, it's going to be awesome. And when they can consistently, you know, provide mm-hmm. balls for her. So yeah, you're right. There's a lot of good things. I do like Megan Montefusco as a defender. Uh, I like what we saw at times from Amy Turner. I don't know who the starting center back duo will be ultimately when when kickoff comes on May 1st uh, for the regular season, but. There's a couple pretty good ones, and you know, Caitlin Cosme is is injured right now, so she's not going to be able to, you know, the the draft pick. She's not going to be able to step in and, and challenge for that yet. But 
I feel I feel comfortable in a lot of the positions on the field. There's still some positions that are concerning. Both fullback positions are concerning. Um, mm-hmm. The midfield isn't quite as strong as you need it to be. And uh, other than Darian Jenkins up top, there's not a lot there right now. Um, it is it is not an optimal lineup, and I think everybody involved knows that. Um, all Amanda Cromwell can do is coach the players she has and hope that they improve and she can develop some of them uh, to be a little further along. And if they get back to playing good defense like they were to start, to start the Challenge Cup, they can be in every game. And if you're in every game and you're difficult to beat, we talked about this, I think, too, when when um, I think it was when James O'Connor came in. What he did was, you know, the team wasn't winning a lot of games, but he was making them harder to beat Yeah, most yeah. of the time. And, and that's the first step in, in, in turning things around is, is don't be so easy to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Give yourself Great. a chance. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, again, the uh, Gotham on the road on the 23rd. And, and, you know, watch that game with some uh, sense of uh, history. Because if there are little dust-ups, if players get on, on each other's nerves, that's going to come into play because those teams turn around and play each other again in a week mm-hmm. in the first game of the regular season. So... Orlando and Gotham could be building a, a nice little rivalry if uh, if things get a little heated in that game at Gotham. Yeah, not to mention you know some former Pride players uh, now at Gotham, so there's that too. Yeah. All right, are we done with the Pride, Dave? Yes, I think we're overdone. <laughs> we have uh, we have spent enough time on that, so let us turn our attention toward the Young Lions of OCB who like the MLS side went to Columbus. Yeah. And they played for the second time in this two game road swing. And the first game was of course a two nil loss at inter Miami. And the second game was a two nil loss to Columbus crew too. They were bad again. They didn't look very dangerous or threatening in possession. Uh, They were defending a lot. They were turning the ball over a lot. It was uh, pretty gross. Yeah, not 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 great, Bob. Um, the only thing I, I, I truly took away from this was uh, how is Columbus Crew to how did they not have the tagline Electric Boogaloo? I mean, you can ask that about New England Revolution two, New York City yeah. FC two, Inter no, Miami two. No, no, because because yeah. Crew. Crew to like you know because breakdance is used to you know this is my crew, so I think it's more apropos for them. But anyway, I digress. Um, you do, yeah. <laughs> OCB, not great. Um, there is once again, it's part of the developmental team. Mm-hmm. You're you got guys in there that are are they're working on things, and these guys are not ready for prime time, which is why they're down at OCB. New players on the field in this game. The OCB had signed a couple of new players in the uh, the week since you and I last spoke, uh, including, I guess, Sebas Mendes' uh, nephew. Um, yeah. Nobody played particularly great, except I would say, if not for goalkeeper Javier Otero, that game would have been much more than 2-0. So, uh, yeah, he's he's doing a good job back there in the goal for OCB. Yeah, especially when you're not getting much help. Um, that's that really helps a 
goalkeeper stand out. You look at it and you're like, oh, it's giving up all these goals. Mm-hmm. No, no. No, no. Wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, he should have been go- giving up more. Uh, and, and honestly, this was a game, or this was a, a road trip, I should say, that if you you just take stock of what they did, because these are a bunch of young kids going on the road for the first time. Their first time around the league, going on the road, and they have to learn how to how to handle that. And right. so, what I'm interested is in in seeing is you know, second half of the season, how are they playing on the road? Are they still playing like this, or are they more confident and more sure of themselves and making plays? Because they there just seemed to be a lot of nervousness, a lot of turnovers that weren't forced, a lot of bad passes that weren't forced, and. Um, you know, sometimes that's a young kid gets a little overexcited or maybe is a little, plays a little nervous. That's what it can look like. Yeah. Yeah. It's OCB is, is they are what they are, what they are. And we got a little excited early on when they were getting some results. That was, yeah. that was our fault. Well, no, oh, let's see if they continue to get those results at home because again, maybe, maybe this is just part of them learning to win on the road because they, it did okay at home. That's true. I guess we sh- we shall wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, anything else on the Pride or OCB day before we move on? Not that I can think of. Okay, then let's move to the mailbag box. Love the mailbag box. Mailbag box is lovable, and there's two ways you can ask us anything. One is to write to us via email at themainland at gmail.com. Uh, the other way you can do it is to hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter account. Use the hashtag AskTMLPC. Those are the two ways you can ask us anything. It can be, but does not have to be Orlando City related. Dave, I'm going to start in the Gmail box. Alrighty, what do we got? Is that a good place to start? I think so. All right, we'll find out. Let us start. With, let me go down and scroll down to the first of the mail bag box questions for this week. Um, and we will start with. Hey, did we talk about Chris Reinbold last week? I'm not sure. Did this come in on the 15th? Yeah, this must be new too. So I have one more question than I thought we had. Ooh, okay. Let's go. Okay, so Chris Reinbold writes. Uh, pretty fresh fan to MLS and trying to get more into soccer as a whole or <laughs> more into soccer as a whole <laughs> arbitrarily put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable there um, yes. arbitrarily picked Orlando City because Columbus has butt ass ugly highlighter yellow kits and I'd sure. heard great things about the Lions fans and their passion the team seems to be on the up, and they have the pride as a wing of the club. Stoked to have a women's sport that isn't so hard to access. Anyway, a couple of questions. I'm emailing this before the match against the crew, so maybe your answers change after this game. What are the most glaring concerns with this team? So let's start with that. What are the most glaring concerns with Orlando City? So we can uh, convey those to Chris. Uh, for me, uh, depth. Um, there are, you know, several positions where the, the depth is not to the standard that we're wanting, you know, obviously center back we've spoken about with the Antonio Carlos going out, um, uh, the, the back situation after you get past Kyle Smith, who's, who's adequate, um, also not necessarily that great. And then in striker, um, you know, you got 
Kara, you got Pato up there, kind of, you know, but oftentimes we're seeing them both up there. And then uh, Benji hasn't been doing what he needs to, and mm-hmm. Tesho's behind all that. Um, there's, there's, we have Kara, and that's awesome. And Pato's being yeah. great, and that's awesome. But I, I, I would really like another one. Yeah, for me, it's, it, it I will echo a lot of what Dave said. For me, center back depth, uh, especially since the Carlos injury, um, left back depth. Uh, no true replacement for Mauricio Pereira. Those are my three biggest ones. So, uh, so yeah, depth is an issue, and it it it, it often is for most MLS teams. There, you know, there's very few, very few teams that can just trot out starter after starter. You know, throughout the depth of their team. But uh, that's uh, that's what that is. So, uh, next question is. What adjustments do you think need to be made to stack up with the big dog in the East, Philly, and be a legitimate contender? Um, I honestly, I think they are a legitimate contender at the moment. Um, it's going to take time, uh, as we've been talking about. the The team needs time to get to know each other better. We we saw a little glimpse of that, and if they keep moving forward on that, um, then I'm a lot less worried. Um, that, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I think I think they honestly already are. If they play to the level they can play, we're as good as anybody on any given day. Okay, yeah. What uh, what I would say, what the adjustments need to be made, um, they need to sign Messi and Robert Lewandowski. Those, those would be good moves. Yeah, they do that, they'll have no trouble beating Philly. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, second, I'm trying to get into the Premier League. As a U.S. sports fan, not having a playoff is such a foreign concept. I'm trying to find my team and don't quite know who to pick. Throw out some suggestions. Looking for a progressive fan base and, to be frank, a team that's not going to be a perennial disappointment. I get that enough with my other sports. Well, I think we all know who I'm going to pick and probably who you're going to pick. Um, As far as progressive fan bases... Starting to get more progressive than Liverpool. Uh, I will say anybody but Liverpool <laughs> um, or Manchester City. Look, you don't want to just jump on the bandwagon, okay? You want you want a perennial contender that won't disappoint you. Okay, so I've got a team for you. Spurs will only disappoint you if you let them. Uh, if you just are comfortable with, you know, fighting for Champions League every year, and that's about the best you're going to do, I think you can't go wrong with Spurs. <laughs> Spurs are so Spursy, and that can be its own thing for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and uh, I don't know uh, where you are, so that, that makes it, you know, sometimes there's a local affiliation <laughs> uh, with a, a club in England. He's know, from that... Ohio. It's Chris from Ohio. That's why you had the. That's why you had the the line about the crew's ugly oh. uniform highlighter uniforms earlier in the. Uh, well, in the email. I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if, if his whatever town he's in has some. It's like Tallahassee has a, a Tottenham affiliation, and so it always aggravates me because there's always these <laughs> Tallahassee Spurs stickers on the back of cars. I'm like, you people don't know anything. Um, so maybe there's something like that. You know, the other thing I get going to EPL, but find a championship club or, you know, get on that Wrexham bandwagon now that uh, Ryan and, and, and them own the uh, the club. They're on a 15-match uh, uh, 
you know non-losing streak. It's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. Or if you if you like U.S. players, uh, pull for Fulham because they got uh, promoted, and uh, you can you can hope that they uh, can do something in the Premier League. But they might not. But they might. You never know. Yeah. Um, look at the Bundesliga. There's a lot of fun in that. We would also uh, advise you to just become AFC Richmond supporters, even though they're fictitious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we would. Uh, for those of you who can't see us, which is everybody except for Michael and myself, uh, we both have Ted Lasso backgrounds. Yes, yes, we do. That is uh, <laughs> that is uh, we're we're nerds. What can we say? <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris, for the email. We also have a e any an email from David Victor. David Victor still alive? Oh, thank goodness! I was so worried. Uh, he says. Hello, Michael and Dave. With this most recent MLS game against Columbus, whose matchups have always felt like a rivalry? Ooh. Um, well, Columbus has on occasion. Uh, I, I would say it's it's usually, for me, it's usually individual players rather than clubs necessarily. Like Kai Kamara just gets under my skin. Um, and, you know, obviously Joseph Martinez... Um, you know, I think there is a little bit of uh, rivalry with the, the manufactured ones that they wanted to do for us with, with Interfart Lauderdale and, and Atlanta United and, and all that, which is, that's, that's fine. As long as it, we've spoken about it before, as long as it happens on the pitch, which now it's starting to, um, but yeah, it's, it's usually been guys like that, that have, have really kind of aggravated me. I've always felt that Columbus, at least for the first few years, um, felt like a rival in the beginning. There were very contentious games between the two teams, and mm-hmm. they played a lot early. I think one year they played four times. I think they played in the U.S. Open Cup, and I think they played three times in the regular season or something like that. Um, also, I think New York City FC has always felt like a rivalry because they came in at the, yeah. at the same time, played each other in the first game. They've knocked, you know, Orlando's knocked them out of the Cup and out of MLS Cup playoffs. So they've played some very contentious games. Um, they're a bunch of jerks who we hate. They whine. Uh, I'm not even going to call yeah. Valentin Castellanos by his stupid nickname because I think it's a stupid nickname. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, and he's the biggest baby of them all. I mean, he he went for a piggyback ride on Robin Janssen, for God's sake. Don't like him. Yeah, no, I, I completely, no, completely agree <laughs> about the pigeons. Um yeah, forget yeah. them. All right, so those, that's our answers. Uh, Columbus and New York City, and Dave uh, provided some individual players also, and um, I, I can't disagree with uh, any of those. Uh, he also says, uh, this Wednesday's game with the Rowdies, I want to know where do you rank oh, where do you rank those teams and our other rivalry, rivals? Atlanta, Fort Lauderdale, Nashville, New York City, on your hierarchy of hate. So, I guess just give your top five in your hierarchy of hate uh, from an Orlando City perspective, Dave. Um, let's see, top five. Um, I will go with I will go with Inner Fort Lauderdale, New York City, Atlanta, Nashville, and Columbus. Okay. Um. I will. I still have New York City first. I hate them the most. Uh, Atlanta second because it's more about their fans and their self entitlement 
than it really is about their players. Uh, but also it's because Don Garber bent over backwards for them, and he's done nothing but make things difficult for Orlando City. Uh, then Miami. Um, I don't like Nashville because of the way they play, but I don't necessarily have a hatred for them. I put the Revs next. I really can't stand the Revs. Okay. And um, and then maybe I put all of the big name Western clubs in that fifth spot. The uh, the two LAs <laughs> and Seattle all together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, just I a, just don't think a about catch all because we can't usually beat the damn teams. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. I, I I very rarely think about them because they're out in the West. So yeah, I just uh, again, it's just one of those things where they they can't buy a win against Seattle or LAFC. They they've actually beaten LA a couple times, the Galaxy, but uh, including this year, which is great. Um, yeah. But again, it was uh, having to play against Chicharito, knowing that he should have been in Orlando if he was coming to MLS. It really rubs me the wrong way. I don't like the way that uh, MLS says, uh, yeah, he's on your discovery list, but he's a big star and he wants to go to L.A., so we're going to let him go to L.A. I really just don't like the opacity of the discovery system and who is too big for the discovery system and who's not and that and how it changes. Well, and if going to do that, give us a lot of money. Yeah. I think so. All right. Uh, So that is, uh, thank you, David Victor, for uh, letting us know you're okay. Dave, we got a question from Wes Flagler. Oh, he's back. He's back, and he says, thanks for the shout-out. And he says, unfortunately, I'm not close enough in relation to get any Flagler money. Uh, So he didn't say he's not related. He just said he's not close enough to get the money. Yeah, Uh, you heard that, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched Succession, uh, Wes, but there is a kid who was like sort of like a cousin that wasn't really in the family, and he kind of weaseled his way in and became this executive. Uh, and now he's doing. Are, are Uber you familiar? E- now he's doing Uber Eats commercials. Are you, <laughs> are, are you familiar with the with the uh, British monarch, the history of the British monarchy? <laughs> so get in there and get you some Flagler money, Wes. Uh, he said if he was close enough to get Flagler money, he could open up a school to train pro referees and donate a rotating lion statue. Oh, That'd wow, he would great. be a hero. He would. All right, so his question. Uh, if you guys could upgrade one thing at Exploria Stadium, what would it be? I think a rotating lion <laughs> statue. <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would, you know, normally as a beer guy, I would be, you know, more craft beer, please. Yeah. But they actually do a decent job of that. So, yeah, rotating lion statue. I think um, along what you were saying, a a bigger beer hall than Minnesota has, and name it that, bigger oh. beer hall than Minnesota has. Put that right on the stadium. I, that that's now that is a good idea. We're gonna have to let Jared know about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question, he says, do we know what the plan is for the construction area across from Main Street Plaza? I do not know. I'm I'm sorry, I don't. Um, 
from what I remember with uh, when I when I did talk to Jared Dillon, you know, they it's going to be if, if I remember right, it's going to be a uh, tailgating kind of thing. There's a lot that goes into it. Don't mm-hmm. expect anything real soon because um, it involves city permits and all kinds of other stuff. But you know, they are try- It is. It will be fan focused. And uh, Dave, this is a good idea, I think. But uh, let me run this by you. This Wes says. He has a suggestion for Kara's nickname. Air John Kara, famously, everybody wants to give him a nickname. Like we've got the crow and, you know, the bear and El Pulpo and Magic Mo and the the duck and the beefy Swede. Uh, He says the Kraken. All right. He says we could play the release the Kraken clip from Clash of the Titans after he scores. All right. You had me at play Clash of the Titans. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's where you got me. And he, he also said, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't quite honest there. He he didn't just say the Kraken. He said the Kraken or Karakan. Karakan. <laughs> so um, maybe yes on the first and no on the second. Yeah, I I feel like Karakin will get uh, that's a little too easy for them to make fun of. As a matter of fact, we should probably edit that out because we don't Ka-rakin. want to make an AI digging. It's just uh, it's it's kind of weird and, uh, and and hard to say. Uh, so Kraken, yeah, I think so far that's the best I've heard. So let's let's see let's see how it goes. Yeah. Putting it out there. Thanks for putting that out there, Wes. Thanks for writing us back and setting us straight about your uh, proximity to the. Flagler fortune. Uh, but, you know, it's never too late. Yeah. There's things that can happen. Stuff happens. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Find out where the, the, the bodies are buried, and then you're in. <laughs> and so. you're in. All right. Uh, we also got a question from Dave Huffman. He says, hello, and thanks for the weekly pod. Do you have a rooting interest in the CONCACAF Champions League final? Dave, do you have a rooting interest in the CONCACAF Champions League final? No. So Pumas and Seattle uh, Sounders FC. I, I don't. I mean, I would say, I, and I don't feel passionately about this at all. I would say Seattle just, you know, let MLS win it. But I, I really, really don't have any. There's there's nothing there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, on one hand, if Liga MX keeps winning, then Orlando could still be the first MLS team to win it. On the other hand, if Seattle wins, at least it won't be Atlanta, New York City, the Revs, or other disliked rival. Um, Dave, I'm I'm with you, Dave Huffman. I'm with you on that. It's uh, it's both of those are attractive options. I think it's very hard to get to the final for an American team for a U.S. Uh, an MLS team. So I'm going to go ahead and say I don't care. Let Seattle be the first. I don't care. They, yeah. you know, they've 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 earned it. They've earned the right to fight for it, and they've been a model of consistency and a, a model MLS franchise, uh, with the possible exception of playing on turf, which I hate. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know what I said before about the the, the Western teams being in that five slot, but it's it's mostly the frustration of not being able to beat them yet. And I do respect Seattle in a way that I don't respect uh, some of the other teams that you mentioned. So. I'm okay mm-hmm. with Seattle winning it, and and also it would be nice to knock Liga MX down a peg. That would be pretty pretty cool to say, okay, okay, guys, now we got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, like I'm I'm not 
I had given it no thought, and and after we're done discussing it on this pod, I would probably not give it any thought again until the actual match happens, and I or or maybe even the result. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what happened, because um, I I just don't I don't care yeah. that much. But yeah, I, I, if I have to choose Seattle, yeah. All right, uh, that's it from the Gmail, Dave. What do we have in the Twitters today? Nowhere near as many questions as we had in the Gmail, but that's okay because yeah. Steel Mycroft has come in with a question, and not only that, a cool name. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, "More excited for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness or Thor: Love and Thunder or Gaston Gonzalez?" Yes. There were wars in there. Yes. I'm more excited for all of them. <laughs> um, I can't put one over the other. I'm I'm very much looking forward to Multiverse of Madness. I saw the Thor uh, teaser trailer, which had me all revved up. Uh, I haven't seen Gaston Gonzalez play enough to know if that's going to be exciting. I assume it will be because I kind of have a lot of trust in Ricardo Moreira and Luis Muzi. So I think from a the movies, it's a toss up. I, I'm not one more. I'm not more excited of, about one than the other. I'm equally very excited to see both. And um, the Gas and Gonzalez thing, it's a it's a whole other thing because that's a whole. That's not just a one time thing or a couple times or every so often thing. That's he's on the team for the rest of the year and whoever who knows how many years beyond that. A couple probably. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's the, exciting. I, I'm, I'm excited in the order of how they arrive. So, <laughs> um, I, I think. Let's see. When when do we expect Gonzalez? May is what the reports are saying. Yeah, so I guess it depends on when in May. But let's let's assume that Doctor Strange hits theaters first. Uh, I'm most excited for Doctor Strange, and then I'm at that point most excited for. Gonzalez, and then after he arrives, I'm then most excited for Thor Love and Thunder. Okay, so you're excited for the next one that's coming, and then the next one takes its place. Correct. Okay. That way I get to be excited for all three. That's no different than me saying yes, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I said it differently. You did say it differently. Yes. So... Yes. <laughs> yes is what I said. <laughs> now you're saying it the same. Yes. All right. Thanks to everyone who sent in mailbag box questions. You can do that every week two different ways. Twitter, at the mainland is our Twitter. Use the hashtag AskTMLPC or email us at mainland at gmail.com. In all instances, use the word the before mainland and main is M-A-N-E like a lion's mane, not M-A-I-N. One other thing, uh, I'm going to keep saying this till you guys do it. And then I might keep saying it anyway. But if you guys are on the Apple podcast platform or iTunes, and that's how you get our show every week, please go and give us a rating, a star rating. And if it's a five-star rating and you write a review, we will read it on the air. Nobody has done that this week, Dave. Uh yeah. Well, it's like that. Yeah. It's it's disappointing. I'm I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yes, 
We are two dads, and now we're acting like it. Uh, beyond the dad jokes, even. Yeah, beyond that. All right. The- uh, I think that's all we have left to do, except for our key matchups and score predictions. So let's start with Tampa Bay Rowdies. The I-4 Derby returns. As we mentioned, this was a... Uh, this is a game that uh, we mentioned last week. They moved it to Exploria Stadium. It was going to be at Osceola County Stadium. Uh, a little fan-friendly. Don't have to go down, all the way down to Kissimmee. Sorry, folks in Kissimmee. Uh, but this is in your stadium. It's your home where you root for your Lions. They did this because you guys wanted it. Reward this behavior. I wrote about this today on the, on the site as we record this on Tuesday the 19th. Uh, you can go and find that story. It's an opportunity for you to say thank you to the club for being responsive, not just for this one, but for the preseason game that they opened up because you guys were like, man, all the preseason games are closed to the public. Well, they opened one up. And uh, then the griping because it was going to be Kissimmee and now it's here. Reward this behavior. We must reward the kind of behavior we want to see from the club so that we get that kind of behavior consistently. Indeed. And add on to that, the, all the moves that they've made to make this club competitive Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. It's a good team. Yeah. It's a team you should want to go watch. I understand people that were burned out and, uh, you know, then the pandemic hit and all Mm -hmm. that. Get it. This is the perfect opportunity for you to come back because the tickets are inexpensive. Yeah, ten bucks for season ticket members, fifteen bucks for the general public to get in on Wednesday night to see the I four Derby return. The teams have only met competitively once. They've met nine times in friendlies, including three preseason scrimmages since MLS uh, or since Orlando City jumped to MLS. But Orlando has owned this series even when orlando was the third division team and tampa bay was the second division team and they don't like it and our fans don't like their fans and their fans don't like our fans this is a good chance to see a professional rivalry played out in a knockout tournament setting which the intensity is always ratcheted up for it's not expensive they're going to have concession stand um you know deals as well if you've been waiting this is the time to go. I know it's a Wednesday night, but it's a 7 o'clock start. You're out of there by 9. Kids are in bed by 10. Yeah, this is this is a no-brainer. Bring a friend. Bring, bring 10 two. friends. Yeah. We had somebody uh, respond to us on Twitter today. He's bringing 10 people to the wall. That's the way you do it. That, that is right definitely the way you do it. All right, so with all that out of the way, uh, I just think... <sighs> If you say you're a massive club, you know, show me. If you if you say you hate the Rowdies, show me. Anybody could just say things. Back it up. Walk, show up. Walk the walk. And uh, come see the, uh, the game at the stadium. And I'll see you there, because I'll be there. Absolutely. All right, key matchups, Dave, and score predictions. Now, we don't know their personnel that well because we don't watch a bunch of Rowdies games, because nope. they're so beneath us. We're such an MLS Woo-hoo. team, and they're such a USL championship team. Um, but no, the to me, it's the key matchup for me is any young players that play for Orlando City have to hold their own. That's the key matchup. 
hold your own. If it's somebody that they've brought up that's been playing for OCB, like a Jack Lynn or a Thomas Williams or a, um, Alex Freeman, maybe you've got to you got to do your part because it doesn't work unless all uh, all rowers are pulling the same direction. So uh, for me, that's the key matchup. Can the rotated in guys stick with you know the the guys on the other side? All right. Um, yeah, you definitely took what I was going to say. Um, so I will add to that. Um, obviously, fans in the stand is the big one. So that Tampa Bay fans are going to show up. This is a big match for them. They're going to show. Yeah. And we don't know how many. Could be a thousand. It could be five thousand. We don't know. Yeah. But we have to out show them. Yeah. So there needs to be more Orlando City fans at this match than Tampa Bay fans. So that's that's huge. Um, not a key matchup for on-field stuff. Uh, obviously, you're right about the, the young players needing to step up. And so the only thing I'll add to that is whatever the, the normal senior team is in there needs to produce. The younger guys have got have to step up and, and, you know, hold pat. But the older guys have got to they've got to make the difference. So they need to score the goal. They need to be the one that breaks up, you know, the pass. They, they've got to be the leaders and show those younger guys and, and coach them on the field during this match to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So score prediction, Dave, I am going to say three, one Orlando city. All right. Okay, I like it. Um, I'm going to go with the same uh, goal difference. I'm going to go 2-0 win. Um, I'm going to assume that either um, Mason and or Grinny uh, stand on their head because that's just the kind of guys they are, and and we keep another clean sheet. So 2-0 for me. Okay, Uh, and I believe you were closer on the crew game because I believe I predicted 1-1 draw and you predicted a victory. 2-1 win. Yeah. Yes. So I was I was You're off on the, uh, the margin, but yep. I was closer. Yeah. All right. So that would be the midweek and then Sunday the Red Bulls come to town, Dave, the Red Bulls of New Jersey. They call themselves New York Red Bulls, but we know better. They don't play in New York. They play in New Jersey. Which is fine. It's a perfectly valid place to play. But, sure. you know, it's almost like calling yourself Inter-Miami when you don't play in Miami. Yeah, the, the, it's just dishonest is what we're saying. That's all. <laughs> False advertising. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I feel bad for the people that maybe are living in New Jersey and are Red Bulls fans that are like, mm, they don't even call themselves New Jersey. Um that's not how they talk there. I, I know that because I'm I'm actually from New Jersey, but uh, yeah, I think that that would be I think that would be better is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, be proud of where you actually play. Yeah, why not? In her Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, the Red Bulls, Dave, are um, they're doing quite well to start this season. I don't know if you know that. I, I had noticed that. Yeah, they are, they are uh, currently third in the Eastern Conference table. So this is a one of those proverbial six-point games. 
because right now Orlando is in second with 14 points, and the Red Bulls are third with 11 points, but they have a game in hand. So if they were to win that game in hand, they would be level on points, and um, they already have a better goal differential. So uh, they would actually leapfrog Orlando. So this is a game that Orlando needs to win, uh, not the least of which because they got swept by the Red Bulls last year. Yes. So, uh, what is your key matchup and your score prediction as the Red Bulls invade Exploria on Sunday afternoon? All right. So, for me, it's Orlando City needs to continue what we saw on the offensive side. The if you want to call it the tiki taka, if you want to, you know, just good passing. Um, that offensive chemistry that we saw on that Urjan Cargill, I, I need more of that. Um, I think looking back at the Red Bulls, they don't give up a lot of goals um, unless they do, which is, you know, like LAFC. Um, and they don't score a bunch unless they do. But all of those matches were, were quite a few matches ago. More recently, it's been a lot of 1-1, one, one, you know, 1-0, zero, zero, zero. So um, they've been a little stingy. So I want, I want Orlando City to be scoring those goals because I, I do have confidence in our defense. Um, so for me, it's, it's on that offensive side and, and producing, that, um, producing that attack like we saw. All right. Score prediction? I'm going to go 2-1 on this one. I, I think that the, the team's going to do what I, I hope they do, and, and um, I, I think they'll give up a goal. It's been a little bit since they've given one up, but uh, I, I still think uh, they pull it out. All right. Uh, for me, the key matchup is how the back uh, six, uh, you know, goalkeeper back line, Central midfielders together, uh, back seven really, uh, handle the pressure that New York will bring, chaos that they bring. Um, New York's been pretty good at creating chaos and creating something out of it. Um, and they have a 3 0 0 road record. So they're pretty good on the road. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's the key for me is to, is to not give them easy opportunities to score and, and, it's very important for me, from my perspective, to score first. Whoever scores the first goal is going to have a huge leg up in this game. So um, those are two things I'm watching for. And even though you said it, I'm going to say 2-1 also. That's kind of the, the one the number I had in my head. I'm not going to change it just because you said it. I know I have in the past. I've not gotten any closer to getting the right right answer or right prediction so i'll i'll just uh, stay with my initial thought of 2-1 it's what it feels like uh but you know i'm not going to be really mad about it if Galese pitches another shutout yeah no i'm i'm, I'm good with that uh, let's keep those clean sheets coming yeah the, the key though is uh you got to score at the other end uh, carlos uh, coronel uh, played really well against orlando last year it's part of the reason that orlando didn't do very well in the season series. And um, so they're going to have to put some by him. So, you know, getting back to your, your statement about the, you know, continuing the offensive um, improvement. Yeah. That's, that's going to be important in this game. And uh, you know, the Red Bulls, uh, they've been a tough nut to crack 
for this mm-hmm. team over the years. It doesn't even matter like who's been the coach or who's been on the field. They're just always difficult to play against. And this this current Red Bulls team is is really just doesn't play a style that a lot of other teams play. So so last year at Red Bull Arena, the Red Bulls won two to one, and then they came to Orlando and won two to one here also. So uh, you know maybe don't give them some goals and uh things might get a little better i think they they gave up a goal in the uh i think they gave up the first goal in both of those games both of them were in the first half and uh orlando did not score until the second half of both of those games if memory serves so can't do that it just plays into their hands go out and get a lead uh go out and score score three goals in the first nine minutes it worked really well for north carolina courage yeah, yeah, it really did. I'm, I'm on board with that. That, that, sir, is a good plan. I should be coaching this team. That's what I would tell them to do. Look, guys, just go out and score three goals. After that, I think we got it. Yeah, I wouldn't put it like that. I don't want to get them overconfident. That's true. Say our strategy is three goals in nine minutes. Let's go do this, and then uh, you know, and then we'll reassess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, tenth minute, we'll we'll yeah. take a look at this, how, yeah. how it's going. Yeah. We'll, we'll relay the information out there with hand signals and whatnot. <sighs> All right. I think that's it. I don't think we can do any more good or bad on this podcast. No, I, I think we could, but I don't think we should. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. All right. Let's get out of here. It was a big mailbag. Uh, so let us, uh, let us just get out of here. we got to come back next week. We'll talk about both of these games, uh, the Tampa Bay and New York Red Bulls games because that's what we do. It's primarily what we do. We'll also talk yep. about the the pride against Gotham on the road. We're going to have uh, do we have an OCB game? Yeah, we have OCB against the Revs. That's right. It's it's a doubleheader on Sunday. So go to the stadium on Sunday, yeah. watch the Lions, and then watch the Young Lions. There you go. Yeah, value. Make a day out of it. All right. Uh, so like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at the mainland, read our stuff, at the mainland.com. You can, uh, follow Dave on Twitter at mainland Dave. You can follow me at mainland Michael, and we'll be back next week to do this all over again. So episode 291 is in the books, Dave. And, uh, do you have anything else you, uh, you want to get off your chest before we hang it up? No, nope. I say we get out of here. All right, then let's do it. Only thing left to say is what we do at the end of every broadcast by saying, Go City, Go Pride, Go OCB.